Hey, Hopefuls, you're listening to Babes with Hope with your hosts, Jessa, Tash, and Rachel. I'm Jessa. I'm a Potter nerd, history buff, and loving dog mom, and I'm an expert at helping you connect to your intuition and authentic self. And I'm Tash, a fun-loving, adventure-seeking world traveler, and my expertise is in organizational goal-setting. And I'm Rachel. I'm a figure skating, gym-loving Disney nerd, and I'm an expert at helping you uncover your innermost thoughts and emotions so you can discover your inner champion. And together, we're Babes with Hope. Hey there, Hopefuls. Welcome back to another episode of Babes with Hope. This is Jessa. You guys want to say hi? (laughs) No. no. <laughs> and Rachel, hey. And I'm Tash. Welcome to another episode. Yes, yes. Um, today we want to give you guys a, something a little bit juicy and a little bit real time. Uh, last week, we all kind of, I don't know, shit kind of hit the fan a little bit for all three of us last week. And we just kind of wanted to discuss uh, what happened, kind of what triggered us and how we moved from a place that kind of felt hopeless, felt like the world was crumbling in on us and um, moved towards that place of hope. So Rach, you want to kick us off and kind of tell us what happened? Can I like super quickly before you start, Rachel, (laughs) do you guys ever picture the shit hit the fan phrase? No. I say it all the time. No. And when you just (laughs) said it, Jessa, I like literally pictured it and I was like, that is disgusting. Like, ew, can you imagine that? Like, yeah, that's like an accurate summarization of like how I that, was feeling. <laughs> like, oh my god. I don't know that I actually ever have. Yeah. Well, you're that. welcome. <laughs> Thank you for the visual. Visualize it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. Well, I call it like either you're being triggered, but that word for me doesn't express how I feel so I tell people spun out like I'm spinning out because I feel like if I feel like I'm spinning out if I explain to people that I'm spinning out then they understand that it's a trigger but it gives more of like a fuller picture I think for me personally yeah so yes I was spinning out this weekend and it's interesting because the three of us even though we have each other and we're in each other's lives on the weekly um we didn't really rely on each other or call each other for support, which we realized after the fact, which I found super interesting, right? Like I was like, I was, you were spinning out. I was spinning out. Oh, you had a horrible weekend. Me too. too. It was the worst. Why didn't we call each other and ask for help? (laughs) But that's just the nature of what happens when you're spiraling and you feel Mm -hmm. like you're totally alone. Um, and that no one will understand and that you have to get through it or whatever on your own. Yeah. You get like too much into your own head about it and you kind of are so in here in your mind that it's harder to see out there and the support. support. Yeah, absolutely. And I also like what it's compounded by my energy is just like sucked out of my body when that happens too. And so especially for me last week, 
I didn't reach out to anybody because I was like, I per- I can't even deal what's going on, <laughs> like deal with what's going on in my own brain, much less try to like express this to somebody else. So yeah, yeah that's definitely another factor. <laughs> and it's totally yeah. normal too. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Which we're going to dive into kind of just normalizing what happened. But I think it would be just to be real and explain kind of what happened for me personally. Um, and we did cancel our call on Thursday just cause you know, Jessa wasn't feeling well, which we'll get to that. Um, yeah. and I didn't realize that I wasn't doing well either until the next day. Um, so my husband and I, we all in a positive, this is all leading up to the negative, but all of this is positive. We had decided we were going to go on a last minute spontaneous trip to Idaho. We live in California. So it was going to take us about eight hours to drive from Northern California to central Idaho. And we planned this trip to kind of just like look around and have a good time together. And we were discussing the possibility of relocating there, but it wasn't anything that was like concrete. It kind of was like a fantasy of like, oh my gosh, what if we move here one day? You know, it'd be fun. Like, let's go check it out. Like that's literally how this came about. And so I typically work every single weekend if it's like a challenge week or we're having an event or a certifications people need to do that stuff on the weekend if they work full-time so i normally work every weekend and take like tuesday and wednesday off even though my husband works traditional monday through friday so the fact that we had a spare weekend together at the same exact time was crazy and we're like okay let's go it's spontaneous it's fun we're both off let's just rent a car and drive on up there So we did. And luckily he was driving when I got triggered because if I had been driving, I don't know what would have happened. I would have definitely had to pull the car over. Um, I got this, I was posting on social media about how, you know, I was going on this trip and how I was so excited and how it's going to be so much fun. And I got this very interesting text from a friend who was taking it kind of personal that I was sharing this on social media and um, that she felt like she was out of the loop and didn't know that I was going to Idaho and um, moving to Idaho. But the thing is, I never said I was moving there. It was kind of like, we're checking it out to see if we like it. So her and I had a total miscommunication. And the way that she had texted me, I felt completely taken aback by it. Like her being upset totally threw me for a loop. And I was blaming and chaining myself and trying to figure out what I had done wrong and where was this response coming from and why and how can I fix it and just I totally got triggered and the way that I get triggered typically how I know it's happening is I literally lose feeling in my legs like my legs start to go numb or shaky or it feels like the blood is being drained out of me Um, and I, I immediately started to get that feeling and I was like, ah, I'm not feeling good. And we're having this conversation over text, which is never a good idea. People (laughs) never a good idea to start having (laughs) deep conversations over text. So much. Yes. And I'm like trying to explain my actions and explain from a place of like, okay, well, here's, you know, my perspective on this situation Um, she read that as me being totally defensive and not seeing her perspective at all. And we both were projecting that because I was like, well, you're not understanding where I'm coming from. Well, I'm not understanding where you're coming from and back and forth. 
And that sent me into a spiral, which I will explain why this is a huge trigger for me. The main point here is I began to realize that my emotional and physical response was extreme for the event that was happening. Like someone sends me a text and I lose the blood out of my legs and start to panic. That is a trigger. That's a trigger response. So my husband's driving and I'm starting to get like shaky and I can't, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I can't respond. I can't think. And I'm like, you just need to pull the car over. Like I, you just need to pull the car over. I can't breathe. I cannot breathe. So he pulls, my husband's like, are you okay? Like, what is that? I do not understand (laughs) this right now. I don't understand this response. And, um, but he did pull the car over. I got out. I just needed to take a couple breaths and realize like what, what's actually happening right now. Why am I spiraling? What's going on with me? Um, And in that moment when you're being triggered, you might or might not know. And it's okay if you do, and it's okay if you don't know. You just need to recognize that your response is disproportionate to what's happening. So I recognized my response was disproportionate to what was happening, and I took a few grounding breaths. And then I called my buddy Carson, who is my coach and has been my life coach for a long time, because, you know, we, we preach and believe that coaches should have coaches. Like if your whole thing is supporting other people, you absolutely deserve to have a coach in your life. So I called him and kind of explained what was going on. And he immediately coached me down to a childhood wound that I had where I felt completely and totally abandoned by my best friend um, at a super young age. And that's what was, what that's was mir- what was being mirrored to me through this interaction over text was I was being triggered into that abandonment of like, oh no, like I did something wrong and I'm not going to be able to fix this now. And now she doesn't want to be my friend anymore. And I don't even know. I felt out of control at that point. Like, how can this happen if I didn't want this to happen and didn't mean for this to happen? And now it's too late. That's what was getting me spiraling. So at that time, um, I was in effect. We've talked about cause and effect. I was in effect and in that unable to get to cause for a good 24 hours. Um, I didn't text this person back because I was spiraling and I didn't want to respond from a place of a trigger response. So I calmed down. It took me a good 24 hours to kind of get grounded, um, release it, come to like, what do I want to say here in a way that explains my perspective, but also validates hers. Um, and allows me to honor myself here um, and not take any blame that I don't feel I need to. So that took a long time for me to process. Like, how can I validate her perspective and also honor myself here? Um, and I did that. And then I, I texted her back the next day and I, I asked for what I needed, which was space, right? Because I'm at this point in my life or in, in my t- life timeline, I'm like already stressed, I'm on a trip with my husband. We don't know where we are. I don't know where this Airbnb is. We're on a road. We don't know where we're going. The whole idea is that maybe we're going to move here, which is a huge life decision. So of course I'm, I'm stressed. So I let her know that in the text. And I was like, um, you know, we can continue this conversation when I get home and when I'm in a better place. But right now, just please understand, like I'm not in a good place. And I think the learning here for anyone listening, the learning that kind of I realized was number one, 
um, you can be doing this work in yourself and within yourself for years and still experience trigger response. And that's okay. It's natural to have these trigger responses when you've gone through things from childhood into adulthood. It doesn't mean anything about you as a person or your character. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're not a good person. It doesn't mean that you're not empowered. It doesn't mean that you're not amazing. It just means your brain is being flipped into a fight or flight response based on past experience. Um, and that's, that's the human condition. And when we're in that place, like honor yourself and recognize you're there and ask for what you need from other people. What I needed was space um, from this one person and a friend from another direction to tell me, to help get me grounded and help me see why am I spinning? Cause I didn't know why I was spinning out. I just knew I didn't have any blood or feeling in my legs and my heart was racing and I felt anxious. And when you're in that place and you're like, I don't even know why it feels like the world's falling apart because of a text message and a misunderstanding. Um, so that's really what I wanted to share. And it's interesting because Jess and I were talking, you know, we, we connected, I think on Monday and I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, how, how have you been since Thursday? And she shared a little bit about how she, I I'll let you use your own words, Jessa, but my word is spiraling out. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's so weird. Cause I was spiraling out this weekend too. And why didn't we reach out to each other? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's so interesting. So I'd love to hear, and I'm sure everyone else would love to hear too, kind of like what your experience was like this, this weekend and how did you get yourself to a place? Oh, and I, I do want to say one more thing. There's no time line on when you have to get to cause or when you have to get to the other side, you can, you, it can take you two seconds. It can take you two hours. It can take you two days. There's no right or wrong here. For me, it took me a full 24 hours. And I just honored myself in that time and was like, this is what I need. And this is how I'm going to get it. And I am going to get to cause eventually, but I'm not there yet. And that's okay. Right. And I think the important thing there is just to know that it's okay to be in a place of effect and that you don't have to stay there. Like there is another option and that place is just getting on the other side of cause and whether you can coach yourself through it, seek a friend or talk to your coach. These are all like ways that you can kind of shift the perspective and I think what's important for me at least is just to recognize you don't have to stay in that state of spiraling out feeling anxiety feeling like that body pressure that is not the physical response of joy yeah yeah it's so funny when you were talking about like the physicality of what you experience like your legs going numb for some, like, I don't feel anxious right now, but I definitely feel like, I don't know, as you were telling your story, I started feeling my own anxiety response. Maybe it was just like pure empathy for what you were going through. But when I personally feel like anxious or spiraling out, um, I get really hot and tingly in my arms and like up through, like I, yeah, like I said, I feel it right now. I don't know why, because I'm like not... I'm not, I don't, maybe I am secretly anxious about something. I don't know. Um, but it's so interesting how we all feel those differently. Um, 
in the physical. Do you know, Tash, what it feels like for you? For me, like when I'm spinning and spiraling and just feeling that overwhelm of anxiety, it is a lot in my chest, in my like heart center. I feel very heavy and compressed and then a lot of kind of, it's harder for me to ground and catch my breath. It's, I know how to breathe, but for some reason it's just more difficult. Um, yeah. And then I also get kind of like antsy fingers. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, so last week, yeah, was kind of a shit show for me. So I started out the week coming back from, um, San Diego, which is where pretty much all of my family lives. And I was down there for my sister-in-law's, um, keep trying to say bachelorette party. It was not, it was her bridal shower. Um, and I was nervous about going to the bridal shower cause it would be, you know, the first time really since COVID that I was going to be with a group of, you know, people over 10 in a small space. Like I was just kind of nervous about it cause I have been pretty diligent about quarantining. Um, and then I got there and it was a lovely bridal shower. Um, people were super respective about like, you know, COVID things. Um, and the biggest takeaway that I got from just showing up and being there was one, how much I missed celebration in general in life. And two, how much I miss socializing. Like I live alone with my dog and we've been quarantining as has everybody, but we've been quarantining alone since March. And though I'm typically pretty good on my own, like I, I genuinely really enjoy living alone. Quarantining alone is a different story. And I go through massive waves of, you know, loneliness and really missing as does everybody, you know, like this is mm -hmm. not, um, this is not the only experience out there, but it's mine. Um, so when I came home to my apartment after spending the whole weekend with my family and celebrating my sister-in-law and brother the day before, I just felt so lonely. It was like, yeah, like I said, like this wave crashed over me of just like, uh, not only am I lonely, but I'm over COVID. I want to go out. I want to go to the movie theaters. I want to go make new friends. Um, cause I live here in LA and you know, I only have one best friend that I even see up here all the time. Um, and I think that's probably true of a lot of people just like seeing your closest friends during mm -hmm. COVID and not really like making that, additional effort to go out or at least I guess I'm not um to see other people that's not like mandatory <laughs> mandatory <laughs> for your health Who is in um, my I'll keep you there <laughs> exactly exactly so that is kind of how I started the week and I didn't even recognize that that feeling was going on until about Wednesday um and so that's like two days of me kind of like trying to figure out why I'm in such a weird mood. I was so whiny and then all of a sudden realized, oh, I'm about to start my period. So like my hormones are going crazy. I get really bad PMS right before um, my period. And 
so the loneliness combined with you know period hormones and um i also got in an argument with my one best friend here in los angeles um and everything at that point was just like whoa i can't really deal right now you know i can't really um handle the situation at that moment when i kind of like all this was happening and I'd gotten in that argument with a friend, um, I realized that my energy level was tanked. Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty much at the point where I texted you guys and I was like, um, hey, can we not record today? <laughs> um, I literally just don't have it in me. Um, and you guys both reached out and were like, we're, we're here to hold space for you. Like, this is, you know, fine. And we can also like try and, you know, shift your perspective. And when I got those responses, I was like, no, I am going to stay here <laughs> in this spot. Like, thank you for letting me out of the, like, um, like out of recording today. And of course I like, so appreciate you guys offering to be there for me, but I was like, I can't even think about what's going on in my own brain, much less try to tell somebody else what's going on. I just did not have the energy. So I sat in that space for a couple of days. My typical pattern is, you know, just shut out the world and, um, you know, binge watch TV. So I did that. Uh, and then the next day I had a call scheduled with Tash and I texted her and I was like, Hey, I'm still not feeling good. Uh, do you mind if we reschedule? And honestly, this is not a typical Tash response, but she was just like, uh, no, <laughs> sorry. <Straight> up, no. <laughs> You're going to show up to this call. Um, which it came from like a loving place or whatever. And I Thank knew you. that too. Um, and I was like, uh, I guess like whatever. Um, <laughs> was this a coaching call? Like a coaching, you guys are going to do a coaching call. Yeah. So uh, we yeah. calls once a week and like you were saying, it's important for like a coach to have like somebody to rely on as a coach who can hold that space. And so this was our weekly scheduled um, coaching call. And I, she had just canceled with us telling us she felt like she was in a funk, basically. And then two days later, text me again. And I was just like, no, like you can show up miserable and grumpy and just in the state you are like, you don't have to put on a face to like, come talk to me, like, just show up how you are. And like, we'll talk about it. Like, that's it. And so I was like, yeah, no, you're not canceling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, which, which is a coach response. And like, that's badass. Good job, Tash. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's why I'm saying not that like you, yeah, you just normally like, I don't know. Like, I just loved the assertiveness of like, <laughs> bitch, no, you're not getting out of this call. Um, and also, I mean, of course, with like coaches and therapists and friends too, like you should be able to kind of show up however you are and, you yeah. know, be able to have some, the other person hold that space for you. Um, I definitely have it in my programming in the back of my mind that um, I 
am like too much. I've, I have like the word overdramatic in my limiting beliefs and also like, you know, I've had experiences in the past where friends aren't able to show up compassionately and or just be there for like love and support when I am feeling. And I straight up told you, Tash, I was like, um, cool, just fair warning. I'm going to show up to this irritable and like probably not responding in a nice way. Like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry, yeah. not, I'm warning you. And um, it's funny, like even though you gave me that little warning, like I was like, okay, I'm going to like get Jess's like not best side. And even though you like pre-warned me, it's not like you were I think that you were seeing yourself in a worse state than you actually were, like yeah. in my eyes anyway. Yeah. So like from my eyes, like you weren't coming across as like down and negative as you thought you were. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And I think there was a little bit of like you taking control and being like, show up however you want to and I don't care and I'm just going to be here for you was also something that kind of like made me drop my guard a little bit too. And I was like, yeah. cool, you know, I can just do yeah. whatever and be whatever and show up however. Um, yeah, exactly. So the call was awesome. You held awesome space for me. I feel like I probably whined my ass off to you about <laughs> just all the shit of being an effect of my life. Um, and I think, uh, what do we come out of that call with? Just like action steps of kind of like something to be working on. Oh yeah. Like, so, I mean, I don't know if this is necessary to say, but we, uh, were talking about like goals and kind of like direction. That was another thing is I was just feeling really lost. Um, and so that on top of everything, I don't know about you guys, but when I get in any sort of a state that I stay in for quite a while, it's not just the initial problem that's bearing down on me. Oh, it's also sure. like everything else starts creeping in. So everything like, yeah. yeah, me feeling lost, me feeling like I don't know what direction I'm going in or that I don't have a direction to go in. Like all the things were then like piling on top of me. Yeah. So that's like what you... Like yeah, no, I totally, like, all of a sudden, all of your problems feel larger than life, and they're weighing down, like, I totally get that, like, it's like, yeah. one thing starts spinning you out, and then all of a sudden, it's everything, and you're like, I don't even know what's wrong anymore, it's everything yes. wrong. Yeah. Yes, and it's so hard to articulate, and I honestly, in, like, the past five years that I've had, like, major self-awareness I feel like I've felt that so many times that it's just like exhausting to feel that where you're just like I don't fucking know what's going on with my life you know <laughs> it really um, is exhausting and it doesn't have to be exhausting because you deserve to like come out of it knowing I'll, I'll tell you what your learnings were, that okay. you are able to trust your instincts, you feel the freedom and passion, and the sky is the fucking limit, like, so mm -hmm. you came with all those things, but you were able to switch and see, like, fuck, I'm awesome, the sky is the limit, I can trust myself, I can feel free, and just go for it, like, 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I feel like I also, like that's such a big thing for me is being able to trust myself and my own instincts and also know how to take care of myself fully. So, which leads me into like kind of how and when I changed from effect to cause. So when my friend and I got into an argument a couple of days prior, um, I, I pretty much knew right away that I was like, it wasn't as big of a deal as, um, as I was, I didn't purposely make it seem like a bigger deal, but like I said, I just didn't have energy. And so I was just like, sorry, I like, I can't deal with this right now. I'm sorry. Even though I didn't even say that. I didn't say anything for like a couple days actually. But um, point is, is that when that all happened, my initial response, whenever a friend is coming at me with any sort of um, disagreement or, you know, telling me I'm wrong about something or that they're upset with me in any way, whether or not it, like I did what they're actually upset with me for, I immediately am like in my head, screw you. Cool. I don't need you anymore. Like that whole defense mechanism. Right. And this person is very special to me. Like I said, one of my best friends and I'm no longer the person that needs to react in that way. It like to the other person, if that makes sense. So cool. My brain can do that all day, but I love and respect this person so much that although I went to go text that thing of like, screw you, I was like, no, actually like, let's do the thing and meet myself where I actually am in my life, which is in a place of good communication and just take a couple days for yourself. Notice that I needed the space, that I needed the time, that I needed to recharge my energy. Um, and then just like you were saying, Rach, like, and then respond from a place of love and better understanding what it is you're going through, what you want to say, like being able to better articulate yourself. So that in that moment, when that all happened, um, I feel like I moved from cause to effect pretty quickly in that moment. However, it did take me a couple of days to build up the energy again to actually even have that conversation. So a couple of days later, I texted him and I was just like, hey, I'm so sorry that I haven't reached out to you. This is where I'm at right now and I love you and I still need a couple of days because I still don't have the energy to talk about this right now. Um, and he is wonderful and lovely and of course, that was great and he loved me too and all the things so um there was that there was another point that I was gonna make and I totally forgot it um <laughs> I I have something that I wanted to say too okay so we'll both think of it together so okay. yeah give me one second <laughs> oh okay cool Tosh you take it away <laughs> nope it literally went away right when I said that that's so funny um, I was, oh, I, yes. I was going to say something too, but then it lost. I remembered what I was going to say. Okay. I, yes. I was going to say that kind of what I've learned over this journey of, I, I've been kind of in the life coaching realm for about five years. And I've realized that the more I can have compassion for myself when I'm triggered, the more I can have compassion for other people when they're triggered, because yeah you realize that you can't expect people to always be at cause and coming from love and joy all the time. 
it's not realistic. So when I'm able to have compassion for myself when I'm in that place, of course, I can extend that same compassion to my family, my friends, my clients, the people that I interact with on a daily. Like today, I was at the bank and the teller's computer stopped working in the middle of our, uh, she was helping me set up a business account. And what should have taken a half hour took like over an hour. And she was spinning. She was like, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, my computer, this never happens. Da, da, da. And I was like, it's honestly totally fine. Like it's to- we're going to be totally fine. We're going to get through it. It's going to be fine. And then we'll get your computer <laughs> fixed. And I'm like coaching the bank teller. Because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's what good does it do for me to start spiraling out, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can't always control when you're spiraling out. But when someone else is spiraling out, then you get to be the person that stands with them in love and compassion and says, it's okay. It's going to be all right. Totally. Like, That's something that I need to like work on for sure especially with I mean I've been working on it in my closer relationships but especially with strangers like you told us that story earlier and I was like get me another teller get me to another computer like I cannot handle and I noticed that within myself you know I noticed that I definitely need more compassion for people that I don't know and I think that's just a general good place to constantly be striving towards because like I don't know like I I don't like like myself always when it comes to how I interact with the outside world and not not like my close personal people but just like you know when I'm talking to somebody on from a call center which I've worked in call centers before I know what it's like to be on that other end but when I'm calling in and expecting something like I can totally be a bitch and I don't like that about myself you know what I mean like so anyway I definitely would love to take this lesson in of myself because yes I need to have more compassion for strangers for sure. I mean, and all, and all that is Jessa, like as the outside person who's known you and loves you and is your coach is that it really is compassion for yourself. Yeah, for sure. Cause once you have that compassion for yourself, you'll project it on others. Totally. And I yeah. feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to ask like in these past experiences where you're not necessarily liking the way that you're responding Um, Can you think back to those times and recognize if you were in either a place of effect or a place of cause looking backwards? And the reason I ask is just because it doesn't really serve anybody in the communication cycle, whoever it is that you're communicating with, to be responding from that place of trigger, place of spiral, place of like overwhelm and anxiety where you're going to respond in that triggered response that might not necessarily be what you truly feel like it's just your natural response through years and years of programming totally yeah so absolutely come always I like 
you guys could see me smiling when you were asking me the question. I'm like, uh, yep, totally from a place of effect. Um, so yeah, I would say a lot of the time when I'm dealing with people over the phone or just like larger companies in general, um, I've, I mean, as I'm sure a lot of people do, but I've made a lot of mistakes with different like companies and accounts and whatever, like companies that I interact with when I was younger. And from those experiences of, um, either it being my fault and not getting it taken care of right away or like the company just kind of being straight up rude. I have that in my, in the back of my head that like, I'm never going to get treated fairly from a company. And I, unless I am rude, not necessarily rude, but unless I'm forceful, I guess is a better word to say, unless I'm forceful, then I won't ever get the result that I want. So yeah, I absolutely show up to those calls with that, um, with that mindset. So what I've started trying to do is be as like, be the complete opposite, be as nice as possible and be like, maybe what's that saying? You catch more flies with sugar than vinegar or something like that. Whatever. I think I totally it's honey. Like that. Yeah. Honey. Yeah. Same difference. <laughs> same um, so I've definitely tried that and I'll say that it works probably like 75% of the time, um, which is a much better percentage than what it was working before. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And like, I totally take accountability. And I think so to your point too, Rach, um, as far as like having compassion for myself, that because in those earlier experiences, I may have been at fault at some of those situations that be like, even if whatever it is now I'm showing up and I think that it's the, the company's fault. I'm wearing that, oh, it could possibly be my fault. And so I'm going to show up in this space where I'm like, um, cool. No, I'm not going to have compassion for you because I messed up or <laughs> whatever. Like, I don't think that I'm ever going to get what I need out of this situation. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, just to give another example, sometimes you just, it's not about finding the fault. It's about just taking the responsibility where it is your responsibility. So for example, you know, I'm, I'm taking this podcast launch course and we have very strict deadlines. And one of my deadlines was last night we had to submit um, photos to create the cover art for the podcast. Well, this podcast course is only seven weeks long to begin with. And now it's only six weeks long to begin with because they cut us short a week due to the election. Mm -hmm. So when we first found out that we were going to need photos, I had three weeks turnaround time. I texted my photographer immediately because I, I have one in my phone and I was like, Hey, you know, this is the situation. Like, can we, can you squeeze me in? Literally the only day she could squeeze me in was October 6th and my photos were due the 7th. So I was like, we will make this work. I didn't even care. Like just snap, snap, snap. Even just take a couple pictures on your phone. We'll doctor them up in, you know, Photoshop and then send them to me. She texted me at 7 a.m. on the 6th. Our photo shoot was at 9 and she said, I'm so sorry. I have to cancel our appointment today. And in the past, old Rachel, five years ago, would have 
started spinning out about that. I would have been like, oh my God, this is so not fair. How could she do this to me? My, how doesn't she know that I have this deadline tonight? What am I going to do now? And instead, and again, there's no right or wrong. Like I was triggered the weekend before by something completely different. It's just recognizing the growth in this particular situation. I was like, okay, this is on me. This is my deadline. I'm the one that reached out to her at the last second. I'm the one that has to get this figured out. Not a problem. And it is not her fault or is it her responsibility? So I just texted her and said, no problem. And then I was like, how am I going to solve this problem now? It's on me. I will figure it out. I'll figure something out. And I just like went outside with my camera, click, 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 submit. Are they amazing? No, they're not. (laughs) They're, you know, layman at best, but it's done now. And it's just, my point here is like, having compassion for the photographer instead of blaming her. No, where can I take responsibility? I could take responsibility for the fact that I tried to squeeze her in at the last second and gave her no notice. That's my fault. That's, and it's not about finding fault. It's about where can I take ownership here? Because blaming her doesn't fix my problem at all. Yeah. And I think taking responsibility is a version of compassion for yourself, because when you do take that responsibility, you realize that you have more control in your life than you realized. And from then on out, you're like, okay, cool. With that knowledge, how do I move forward? So next time, maybe you book your person with more notice and give yourself more of a turnaround. You know what I mean? Like, and that way you are showing up with more compassion for yourself. For my example, maybe, yeah, I stop waiting until the last minute before I have to call whatever company and be, and like, whatever, (laughs) do whatever I need to do for that and take responsibility for whatever I can in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I guess like for me this week, I also had a bit of time where I was feeling very like, I know it's not exactly a feeling, but I was just like, bleh, meh, meh. That That is totally a feeling. (laughs) You said that. I I could tap into that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So sounds are feelings and (laughs) that's how I was feeling. And the week kind of started, I was very excited. I had a job interview. So the reason I was seeking this job is because I have a part-time position right now that I'm not um, super thrilled about. And I'm like, I kind of want to replace this. And it's like, I'm kind of torn between, do I go full in on like building a coaching business where I'm just putting 100% effort onto this? Or do I find another, like, the J-O-B, you know? And so I was going, looking at jobs, and I got an interview. I was super excited about it. It sounded like an amazing position. I kicked ass in the interview, and then I got a call when I was mowing the grass yesterday that I didn't get the job Mm -hmm. and so I was very sad about it and I was like wanted to like instantly be like well why not I was awesome like why aren't (laughs) you picking me and instead like it was that one type of breath 
switch into a more positive state where I could respond on the phone to the interviewer and say like thank you for the chance like thank you for your time like can I ask you like what was it like can you give me any feedback um so instead of coming from a place of like just being like so sad about it and like not saying anything you can take a breath and be like okay like you know and then I sat with it for a little bit after I had the phone call and I did cry a little bit about it because I'm an emotional sap and you know (laughs) I cried everything (laughs) and so I did have a moment about it and kind of was like well this was the sign that I was asking for I was like okay you know we're at a transitional point in our life where we are looking at different opportunities and looking for different like potential where we want to live what we want to do like the whole thing right so I took it as a sign like hey girl like you know the J-O-B isn't for you like you've been saying that you've been wanting to build your business like stop being so fucking afraid of doing it and go for it like so it was a sucker punch like to the gut when I felt like that rejection call let's not even call it a rejection call let's call it a clarity call on my life vision so (laughs) so when I got that clarity call it was sad and like not a happy state And then when I'm able to switch and realize this is a sign I was asking for to say, is this like a sign I should be building my business full force? Like hell freaking yeah, it is. Like, (laughs) so that's like not as extreme as like what kind of you ladies were going through, but I did feel like that kind of met and blah, like after kind of I had the interview I had that excitement and then the waiting time in between I was just feeling very like almost in limbo because I wasn't sure if this was going to come through I was hoping it was and at the same time I had my other vision here that is very clear very like uh, excited about and I was putting it on a back burner because I was interviewing at the J-O-B. And so I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> no, I, I could keep talking about it and I feel like I'm rambling now. <laughs> no, I, let me tell you what I heard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you, instead of feeling sad, which you did, it's okay to be sad. I want our listeners to know that. Yeah, like when things totally. happen, you don't have to be like, oh my God, I need to get to cause right now. It's like, no, no. it's just awareness like I'm sad and this is what where I want to be right now and take care of myself here and when I'm ready to get to cause I will switch this from how can I be grateful for the universe for this happening to me and this happening in my life oh because I'm supposed to be working my business that's right Mm -hmm. so I did have myself a little pity party and then that pity party turned into uh, an awareness party of celebration of focus yeah totally and you know what sometimes we need a pity party and that's okay as long as we don't choose to live there it's living there that's not going to serve you like um I was having I was in a little bit of a pity party yesterday 
um, cause my husband and I didn't qualify for as much, um, of a house that I thought we were going to qualify for long story, but I was like throwing myself a pity party. And I was like, I don't really want to talk to certain people because certain people are going to be like, but it's okay. Like, it's going to be fine. You're going to get, and I'm like, I already know that consciously, but I just need a minute to feel sad. So I'm going to call the people that are going to be like, you're going to get your butt to cause and you can be in effect for a second. Tell me what's wrong. Yeah. Those are the kind of friends you want. Totally. I think that's so important that not to like, like when you have that awareness that you are in effect, like even evaluating at that point, just like you were saying, like, what is this effect telling me and not living there? But I feel like there's a lot of rhetoric, uh, not necessarily with like specifically cause and effect, but just kind of like the general idea of changing perspective that you have to get to the happy, you have to get to the positive right away. Um, and that if you're not there, that you're whatever, a mess or whatever, you know what I mean? Like there's kind of this huge conversation, not just with life coaching, but just general mental health, um, like community in general, yeah, there's where like a whole thing positive movement. Right. Right. And I feel like, yes, obviously that's the ideal, right. Is to be happy, joyful and positive. However, one, we're human, so that's not possible to be all the time. And two, I think, not I think, I know we learn so much from our other emotions. I'll speak from my own experience. I, for years, have had a wall um, blocking myself off from like a full range of emotions that I just did not let myself feel at all. And there's so much information and in all of those feelings and emotions that what I was just blocking myself off and numbing myself that I wasn't getting that information and I wasn't getting those learnings, which means that I also wasn't getting myself to a state of pure, pure joy and happiness and positivity because I wasn't letting myself feel that. So, I mean, however, and I think, you know, my example of sitting in that for half a week this past week, um, is a good example of just that. Like I let myself feel that I let myself, you know, be in a state where I, you know, just didn't have the energy and was real with myself about that and let myself feel all the feelings. Um, and then, you know, at the end you get to a state where you're just like, okay, cool. Time to move on, you know? Yeah, totally. 100%. I don't know why I have like this uh, metaphor come to mind, but it's like when you're taking a class and your class, you have lectures, you have readings, you have homework and assignments. And it's like you're going to class, spending all class, scrolling through social media, texting your friends, never opening the textbook, like not doing the assignments. <laughs> So it's like that kind of metaphor came to mind as you were describing, like, you can have these feelings and not recognize them. You, you're in the class, but you're not recognizing the knowledge that's being presented to you. Totally. What is <laughs> that little metaphor? <laughs> Here's the crazy thing that I really want people to understand. When you are ignoring the learning your unconscious mind is like, 
okay, we will recreate this situation over and over and over and over until you just, get the learning. Yes. So you're just literally living in your own little personal hell until you face your shit. Yes. Yes. And that looks like honoring yourself and how you feel and recognizing the learnings in that order. Mm-hmm. It's like when that happens, the poop is stopped from entering the fan. <laughs> the poop is no longer hitting the fan. Full fan circle. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Tash. <laughs> okay, awesome. Do we have anything else for this episode? I think this was an amazing episode. What about you, hopefuls? Stay tuned for another week of episode six coming at you. We can't wait to see you there. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Babes with Hope. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of our coaching programs, you can reach us directly at babeswithhope.com. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.